It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the logos, and much more. Now, here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good afternoon, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. And the guest list just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I had to find the fighting Maroos, and I found him in a fight. And I said, Yoruba, when are you going to come live into the studio and bring the kids? And he said, Mike, give me a day. <laughs> then Michael Franco went on the case, and he was able to book a day. And today's the day the fighting Maroos are in the building. Now, I want to start off by thanking their dad, Yoruba Maru, who's been in the boxing game a long time. But I said, I, 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 let's interview Sharia. And, and, and not only her extent amateur career, but also a boxing alternate on the Olympic team. But what Yoruba told me was she's gonna turn pro, Mike. And that's what we wanna talk about today. Sharia Maru, welcome in studio. We appreciate you. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very grateful, excited, nerve-wracking because there's a new possibility, a new future to come and new things I'm not even sure of. So it's a new journey and let's go. Uh, your amateur career was extensive, over 76 fights. Um, you're an Olympic alternate, so there's high expectation. Now you're going to turn pro and all eyes on you. Yeah. Well, maybe it can sound a little egotistic, but I like the spotlight. I like the attention. So when I come in the ring, people can finally see what I did and not have like, oh, especially when it comes to like team basketball, you have an assist or somebody doing it for you. I'm like... No, this is all me and the two people in my corner, whoever, and we did this, and I get to have the glorified. I don't know. It's got, it's very ego to say, but I love it, and it's a new journey because now it's no headgear, you know, eight ounce gloves, a different story. Um, possibility, it's not three minutes no more because we used to fight three minutes in amateurs, so now we're going two minutes, a little faster pace, four rounders. So this is gonna be exciting, and actually be able to make weight a day before. And actually hydrate, feel great. You said I had to like watch what you eat the same day and then make weight every day. So this is, everything's just new, but I'm excited because I get to start a new pro journey and a career to something even blossoming more. Shariah Maru is our guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Now, New Mexico is kind of on the map again when you think about this, right? Mm -hmm. It's never, we were never off the map, but Jason Sanchez fights Oscar Valdez. Brian Mendoza wins a world title, right? You have Diamond Boy, who everybody's saying is the next champ. Abraham, who was also at the Olympic uh, box offs, won him, but became an alternate and then got out of the game uh, on the Olympic side. He's the next champion. Do you feel this new wave of New Mexico boxing elevating? Yeah, I feel like it's just because we always have something to prove. We're always like going to these say like tournaments or like shows, and people just look kind of down on us. And they're like, "Oh, they don't have much." But like people don't realize we're a fight town. You had to fight, and so we kind of bring our that into it. And it's kind of cool seeing them because like Diamond Boy, for example, that was the first person I've ever sparred in the gym because I was training at Johnny Tapia's gym. And to see him be on the rise and Abraham, I've been on the team with him. We literally had um, like our 
are the team where we physically train together, and we even went to Bulgaria together, and then see him go. Like, everybody you mentioned, I've been in the gym seeing Jason spar my brother, and then Brian Mendoza also been in my corner and helped, like, like three of my fights. And he's one of the things is he's always complimenting me on my jab so much. Like, try I hate how you do your jab so, so much. Now I have my jabs on point and everything because little words like that help me out. And these people I see, and then, like, now I'm the female version, I feel like, and coming up. So it's kind of cool to see them because I feel like I'm just right there with them. But even more for a new, but a different, like, a female version. It's exciting because female boxing, Holly Holm, I think, won 18 titles. Uh, Mare won the other night. Um, they're in the spotlight. But here's the difference, right? You're coming up. In New Mexico, we know who you are. Yeah. Uh, but I think within those first three fights, the world is going to know who you are. The stage is just much, much grander. Mm-hmm. No, that's exciting because I feel like I did a great part on that part, and especially now we're in a social media era. So I, that was my biggest thing. I wanted to market market myself so well that when I enter this pro rank, people are going to be like, who is this? I'm like, they already know. I published Pebble Weekend on the stop. So that's why everyone comes by me. They don't even know my first name no more. They just go by Pebble Weekend. So that's, like, so interesting to me. And see people see me, like, post up and everything. And now I'll have the New Mexico behind me. And then even, like, shoot, I wanted the world to be behind me, too. So that's my ultimate goal. Like, conquer the world and let everybody know that, hey, we don't have the men, but we have women, too. Because we have a lot of women, too, especially in Las Cruces area, all over the place, that even just won, like, a bunch of national championships. And I'm not going to be the last one. I may be the one opening a little bit more, but there's going to be a couple more coming back to back with this. You said the first person you sparred back in that Johnny Tapia gym, Matthew Griego. Can you think, Shariah, a little bit back to what it was like being in that gym? Because I'm thinking Archie Ray, Joaquin Zamora, uh, Adrian was there, Pitbull, Hector. They had quite the pro team pushing all those amateurs. What was it like cutting your teeth in that environment? I would never forget this because I went in there, of course, like one of the stereotypical, I got in trouble, but Johnny was like, you want a box? And because I was so in basketball, you know? And he's like, women shouldn't box. You guys have a pretty face. You don't need to, you're delicate. You don't need to get hurt. And I was like, no, I want to. I'm like, I just like to fight, you know? He's like, all right, we'll see if you're going to, you're going to sink or swim pretty much. So he just threw me in with the boys. And I was like, I didn't know Matt at the time. I didn't know he was this like state champion. I just remember seeing him and I didn't know him, but I was like, oh yeah, he busted me up, of course, you know? But I was holding my own and I felt like they kept sending men back to back to back like, when is this girl going to quit? Is she going to like to say no more? But I'll just come back, oh, heck no. Whatever I could do, if I got to run harder, train harder, we're coming back for more. And ever since then, you're like, all right, you stay. And it'll suck because like two months later, Johnny died, of course. And that was supposed to be like the one being my mentor and coach and everything because he did help me out outside because we both lost her mother at eight years old. So he was like a very nice mentor and like, he helped me like solve my anger in a type of way. And then my father took over and then I was training with um, Eva and them. So it was really nice until the gym fell, but it was pretty cool because we started something we didn't even know from like a solution to solve your anger to something incredible to being on a team and going pro and being at all these national titles I wouldn't even thought of. So were you interested in boxing as you're heading into the gym? Because we, we know your dad. He, he's got a, a profound love for the sport. I can't imagine that it wasn't on the TV as, as you're just as a kid playing around the house. No, I hated it. 
<laughs> I did not want it a box. It was just more like a discipline getting because I got in trouble because I went to school and I remember we got a call and I got suspended and I was supposed to be like at track practice and stuff like that, but I wasn't. I was at the park fighting and then I was trying to act all cool like, oh yeah, I was like, yeah, I beat up some chola girls like, you know, and he's like, oh, you think you're cool? You think you're bad? I don't know. And I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, all right. That same day he took me to the gym and everything and I was like, I remember I was around the gym but I never wanted to like train because I see how hard they train. I was like, I'm running. I ain't doing those push-ups. And so he was just like, all right, there's one girl that I was supposed to spar. And I did spar her, but she was supposed to make her pro debut. And I was like, oh, heck no. I am not getting beat up and everything. She looked all stocky and everything. And I was like, oh, I don't have a mouthpiece. He goes, oh, here's some tissue. Put it in your mouth. I don't have no gloves. You're like, manual, get the gloves right now. And I was like, I was fighting off fear, bro. I was not trying to get hit. And then, oh, she a natural because I was just punching and moving and not trying to get hit. Oh, she, you stay in here. You're in the gym now. I was like, oh, okay, what did I get myself into? So that was just from history. <laughs> Quite the journey it is now. <laughs> Shariah Maru, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, Mike Adams 2.0. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Spotify Podcasts. If you're on the Instagram, it's at Mike Adams 2.0. So, Shariah, let's, this journey is very, very emotional, it feels like. Oh. And, and for you to share that story tells me um, there's a bigger hunger. And now that the professional ranks uh, are upon you, mm. there's more to prove. It feels like you're just not fighting for Shariah Maru. No, I feel like I'm fighting for like a legacy in a way because I have my brother coming up for this. And I feel like I'm like, this course, because it's an older sibling, you know, you always want to pave the way, but now I'm paving you know, a different way, more opportunities for him to come. So I feel like if I set this up in such a good tone and he sees how good I'm doing, he probably want it even more. And then you never know who's going to be looking at him because he could say he's on a card and I'm doing good. And they see him, they're like, oh, that's a brother. We got two in one pocket. That's a deal. Let's go. And like, you just never know. And this is something we just done in our whole life, I feel like, at this point, because we've done this together, we grind together, we train together, and it's really just like, it's a family ordeal, and I'm glad that he has me on my side, because we really do push each other. I want to go back to social media, Everlast Boxing. If you go to their website, uh, I think you have the most views, and correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but the most views on the Everlast Boxing site, where you go get the gloves and the wraps and everything, yeah. more people have watched your video than any other boxer that's in that video no for no like i remember i reposted it and i got a bunch of views too again and they were like damn girl you got more clout than earl spence and deontay waller and all these world champions and all people stuff. i didn't even think of it but like that and i was just like damn you right and i was like and people are buying the gloves so hey i can sell so what's up who wants to put me on their venue <laughs> a natural salesperson, right and mm -hmm. and now that you're pro there's a lot of it. As, as we're doing this right now, Garcia Tank Davis is going to happen. And I think there's been a lot of promotion here, right? But when, I, when I'm seeing your energy and your confidence, it's almost like Conor McGregor. It's almost like Floyd Mayweather-like. When I look at the great Puerto Rican boxers, right? Like Cotto, like uh, Iron Boy Calderon, Trinidad. They're very non-descriptive. You're very descriptive with not only your words, but your emotion. Uh, it's I'm a female. I'm emotional. You know, I can't help it. <laughs> men, no. are, men are just like, 
give me the bag, give me the money. I'm like, shoot, I'm telling you what's up. Like, you're going to know me and you're going to know my side of the story. So, because I don't want no one assuming it. But if you want to assume, go ahead because you're going to not look great. That's it. Think about this, Micah, real quick. Mayweather, McGregor type atmosphere, right? Can you can you see this? <laughs> Women's boxing is in for for something big. I'm just amazed at the maturity, at finding your voice already. We've done interviews for quite a while. You haven't been this vocal for this long. Oh, man. I feel like over years, you know what's crazy about boxing is, like, they really be like, I used to be shy. I was shy. Like, I would say one word, but it gives you that confidence in the end of the day. Because in the end of the day, you need that confidence in the ring. The moment you have that little slip up, be like, oh, I'm going to lose. That person better. You already lost. So I'm in my like, nah, you ain't going to beat me. It's me and you against the world, shorty, so what's up? Like, we, we're fighting. You're trying to take food off my table? Nah, it ain't going to go today. So, like, over the years and getting older, I just it's just like you. tomorrow's not promised. The older I get, I really realize that, and I want to make my statement, statement now so people know who I was now before they're like, oh, I didn't see that part of her. I didn't even know that she had that. I'm like, no, you did. So I want to make my mark, and you remember me now. ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, Mike Adams 2.0. Shariah Maru, turning pro, is our guest. So you, you have a manager now. He's the advisor to Earl Spence, one of the greatest boxers in the world, pound for pound, some say the best. So your management team says not everybody gets a manager and then an advisor to Earl Spence, <laughs> right? It it's, just doesn't happen that way. Yeah. You're understanding now, right, that within your first three fights, I mean, this could you're, you're going to go from we're having an interview today to, Micah, have you talked to Shirai in the past six months? Because it gets that busy yeah. as I'm talking to your dad, but right by me. You're ready for this. You're ready for this train to go fast. Yeah, that's how it is. I noticed that. But luckily, my family keeps me humble in my area, my neighborhood. So that's my biggest thing is like, Growing up, I seen certain people that were like, they went so fast and that fame and everything. My biggest thing is make sure to help the people around me. And the thing that's crazy about that, also having a manager, is we were so precise on who was going to be my manager and not just anybody. And I'm glad they saw the years of hard work I put into and not just anybody just just like give me like sugarcoat me to like how you say this a nice word little checks you feel me because they actually are fighting for my worth and everything it's because like many people just want to go like oh i'm gonna go pro and they think it's all easy and i'm just get a quick check like no sorry to say that but i'm not gonna fight for free because that's my life at the end of the day and they are fighting for what i'm worth and many people don't get that so that's what i'm so happy for right now Shariah, you're seeing the business side of this and you're taking the long view, but you also said you're trying to make your impact now so that people know you. How have you been able to have this patience to want to grow your celebrity, but not just jump into the ring? Because we know ultimately that's what you're starving to do. Yeah. Of course, I'm itching to get back in the ring because that's what I do and haven't fought since August. And it's like, ah, oh, man. But luckily, I would say have a great cap, have a good sparring partner. It just it feels like you're always pretty much fighting and getting ready for a fight. But also having the patience really come because I'm just a patient person, to be honest with you, so it doesn't matter. And also, nothing comes overnight. Like, that always comes back to my head because all the years and people see all these titles and certain things I've done, like, it didn't happen just, like, in a couple, six months, a couple, a year, because it's not, so it really just shows, like, just have the patience as a virtue and try to have that positive mind, because you really do win at the end, because you try to be, like, that positivity, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. 
Shariah Maru, our guest, 101.7 The Team, ESPN. Now, hard work pays off, right? You have to put in the work to find a result. Mm-hmm. So when you're putting in that work, what's in the iPods? That's what I need to know. What kind of music is getting you motivated for these moments? I need to know what you're listening to when you're working out. Um, like I said, I'm emotional. So it really depends on my days. Um, okay, sometimes it depends. Like if I'm finding something, like all right, I ain't trying to get. I don't know. You get my, you know. So we can run extra hard. I'm probably gonna listen to. Uh, I don't know. This is hard. I'm a weirdo. I like sometimes. I like my rock music. I like my little EDM. I do like my hip hop because my father, like growing up, his little artist and rapping, and then he'd be thinking I could. He rap. I'm like, sometimes I have to cut the music off. I'm like, bro, it's it's not your career no more. Let's let's pipe it down, bro. Let's pipe it down. <laughs> it's a new artist I'm trying to listen to. Okay. Um, I can't say a certain name because I'm so picky. We do listen to a lot of Wu Tang in the house for sure. Wu Tang like, Clan. That that's what we're gonna do. Um, then we mix it up because I'm the newer generation. Hey, boogie with a hoodie up in here. <laughs> Here's me. And then we'll go back to him and tell him, like, oh, y'all are youngins. Y'all don't know nothing and everything. He goes put on his music and everything. So it's really, I can't say. I'm so indecisive. She said a boogie with the hoodie. Uh-huh. Am I right here? And uh, she also said Wu-Tang Clan. Legendary. Wu-Tang you got two Clan. names there. Or, you got two names out there. Or he always comes back to Nas because that's number one. So I really like him for the lyrics. Like, yeah. especially when like, I can, I can. I'm like, yes, I can. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, Nas a legend. Um, of hip hop for sure, right? Him and Jay Z's beef, right? But then they end up and do God Did with DJ Khaled, which is right. one of the, for me, God Did on that song, wow. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm excited for you. Make sure Micah, Micah, make sure we get her back in studio. You see what happens when they become world champions. And you need to hear <laughs> this. You need to hear this. Austin Trout sat with me. Goes down, beats Cotto in the garden. Right. Beat Cotto in the garden. You remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rashad Evans sat with me, right? Ends up the light heavyweight champion of the world. Brian Mendoza was on the show, world champion, right or wrong? Definitely right. And now on, you can be known as a friend of the show. Fair enough. <laughs> so you're saying this, Shrine Maru, world champion. That's in the what. And that, Micah. You've been with me a long time. Is that what we're thinking right now? I think that's what we're talking about here. (laughs) Don't lose the confidence. Continued success. You're listening to Mike Adams. Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7. The team. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7. The team. Presented by El Mesquite Market. Bringing cultures together. Welcome back. Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio. 101.7 The Team. Great interviews today with the Maroos. The Fighting Maroos. Shariah, Yoruba Jr. Shout out to their dad, Yoruba Sr. Best of luck there. Mike, it was great interviews. Now it's time for Fact or Fiction. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's do it, Micah. We're going to work the body early just like Tank did, and no one would get up from that body shot. Micah, that's a fact. And not just a fact, but a statement fact. I had Ryan Garcia winning this fight. And when the minute the bell rang, Micah, Tank became ferocious, knocked him down early. Then the body shot, and those body shots hurt. Much respect to Tank Davis. Interestingly enough, Micah, not in the pound-for-pound pound top 10 on ESPN. I don't see how. Has to be top 10. Got to give respect to Ryan Garcia. I don't think anybody, people are 
questioning the toughness. I don't think you can do it. I don't think anybody 147 below is getting up from that body shot. It looked like it took the wind, the ghost, everything, and the sails out of the king. But is Tank Davis in your top 10? He's in my top 10. And the other guy in my top 10 is Shakur Stevenson. Now, will it happen? I don't know. The other guy in my top 10 is Devin Haney. If Haney gets by Lomachenko, is that Tank's next fight? The good news for Tank, if he fights Lomachenko, if he fights Haney, who Shakur, whoever he fights next, big money fight. Now, from a political aspect, you feel like you have a, an inkling of which guy would make more sense just given their inner ties and who they already work with. It'd probably be Isaac Cruz. He's already fought Isaac Cruz. He's beat Isaac Cruz. But it's not Lomachenko, top-ranked fighter. It's not Shakur, top-ranked fighter, or Devin Haney. So, again, to make these mega fights, they're going to have to do what they did in this particular fight. So we feel like it's probably going to be one or two fights in between a Tank-Davis super fight. Yeah, I think Tank takes Isaac Cruz next in a secondary fight because that makes sense. But who knows who wants to have this fight outside of Lomachenko, Haney, and Shakur Stevenson. How much of a step back and a reassessment of what he's doing do you think Ryan Garcia needs to go through to get back to where he wants to be? Well, let's think about it. He beat Luke Campbell, but Luke Campbell put him to the ground. Now Tank puts, puts him to the ground. I, I don't know what the reassessment is. He's a very skilled fighter. I, it'd be interesting to see who they put him in again against. And not only that, he said he's moving up to 140. Do you think that's the key? The rehydration had to play a part in just depleting the legs, the body away from Garcia. That's a fact, Micah. So this rehydration clause that was in this particular fight, he couldn't hydrate over 10. He gets to 140, rehydrates normally. It'll be interesting in his next fight. I know you're a big Conor McGregor fan. Conor McGregor says, let's run it back. No rehydration clause. Do you think Mystic Mac is on to something? Yeah, I think he is, Micah. And not just that, his new Netflix special's coming out, right? They followed him two years after the injury. It's been about two years now since he's fought. So the new Netflix is coming out on Conor. But Conor is ahead of the game in a lot of ways. Wow, breaking news from Mike Adams there. I actually behind on the Connor propaganda at this point. Didn't know that there was something coming out, and probably I would more expect it to be on UFC Fight Pass. But we got Connor to look forward to. The UFC trying to build a heavyweight star. We saw Sergey Pavlich. He might have the fastest hands in the heavyweight division. Fact, Micah. I mean, those hands are fast. But when we move forward in that heavyweight division, are they going to be fast enough? Because he's going to have to get through some heavyweights. Right now you're looking at, is Pavlich next in line? This is a weird spot to be in. He's number three in the world. We all want to see the big fight, Miocic versus John Jones. If you'll remember, Gone Jones, the backup fighter, was Pavlich. He's already stepped on the same scale as John Jones. It's a weird, scary name because we know the recognition would not be worth the risk from John Jones. But Sergey Pavlich does feel like he could be the next guy up. Good point. It'll be a great fight. He's, he, I, I honestly believe this. Whoever wins Mios, if Miosic wins, there's an automatic rematch, no matter how it ends, with John Jones. If John Jones wins... This guy has to have the next title shot. Well, on the contrary, I would actually like to 
reinvoke the name of Francis Ngannou. If Jones gets past Miocic and we're resetting the table, the biggest chip on the table is Francis Ngannou. So we could actually see Sergei Pavlich possibly have to keep and defend that number one contender status because of the big fight aspect. Good point. Patchy Mix might have had the most dominant run through a Bellator Grand Prix. He's done a phenomenal job. So fact, what's next for Patchy Mix? Well, we'll just look at it. He dominated Horiguchi. He submits Magomed. And then you knock out Stotts with that beautiful step-in knee. He is right there waiting. And Sergio Pettis, Pitbull Freddy, Bellator is going to do that world title fight. And our Grand Prix winner gets that winner. So Patchy Mix is looking for a big fight. Perfect world for Patchy is if Pitbull beats Pettis. Because then you can fight Pitbull. You beat him. And then you're automatically the number one contender at 45. So within a year. You can win the Grand Prix, the million dollars, take the world title at 35, and jump up and take it at 45. We could see the year of Patchy Mix becoming the face of Bellator. That could be the name of all combat sports. Patchy Mix. It's a great name, and even the nickname, No Love, and that's what he's shown in the competition recently. Uh, There are some love and some feelings being shared there throughout Green Bay. Some sorrows because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback that will take the Jets to the playoffs next year. He'll take them to the playoffs, fact. I don't think they would get to the Super Bowl, fact. Do I think he makes a difference in New York? They haven't been to the playoffs since 2015. You're talking eight years for the Jets since they've seen the playoffs. I think if he gets them to the playoffs, it's a huge victory for the franchise. If he gets them any further, Micah, I'll be surprised. I got to agree with you. But when you look at the Jets, you got to worry because they were just a quarterback short last year. They got the skill players. They've got this stout defense. I might take them above Miami as a full unit at this point, making them the second most dangerous team in that AFC East. Well, go to the AFC East and you can't forget the Buffalo Bills, who I thought were going to win the Super Bowl. Then if Tua stays healthy, Miami's dangerous as all get out. And then Belichick and Mac Jones... I mean, that that division in itself, Michael, you're going to want to watch week in and week out. The entire AFC you're going to want to watch week in and week out. Don't forget, they got Patrick Mahomes. But it's going to be an up-for-grab NFC that we will not see the Packers in the playoffs. That has to be a fact right away. Yeah, well, I don't want to say fact right away. Let's give Jordan Love his due. We don't know what we're going to see. Secondary of the NFC, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Cowboys should make it to the Super Bowl again. I've said this the last three years, Micah. Let me say it again. The Cowboys should be in the Super Bowl in 2024. Fly, Eagles, fly, and a quarterback-friendly contract from Jalen Hurts. Not to mention, you also have the Giants keeping all their pieces around. More importantly, again, the Packers are going to be bad, and you're looking at the Lions and the Bears looking to take advantage of what is also kind of a coming back to the pack team in the Vikings. So I see it as at least that NFC North is brand new. Yeah, and it and it'd be good football to watch. It'd be interesting football to watch. Brand new LA, maybe the Clippers should have a, a brand new change of philosophy. Well, and I'm going to say fact, but not in the philosophy of where you're going. Unfortunate circumstance, right? A lot of injuries on that team. I thought Russ was a great addition. They just couldn't do it. And the Phoenix Suns are really starting to show their worth. Now, don't sleep on the Nuggets-Suns games because that could go seven or the Suns could make a statement. 
and try to sweep them in four. The biggest surprises for me, Micah, the Miami Heat 3-1, 3-1 with a possible closeout. And the other sleeper is the Atlanta Hawks. Who would have thought they'd be in game six coming up? And, and that could be already gone and said and done by the time we go to air. Playoff Jimmy Butler is a real person, and he really changes the level of his play. Victor Oladipo, knees blowing out. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Hero. Hero, ring finger bent all the way back to his hand, and yet Jimmy Butler is still out there dropping 56 points a career, not just a playoff, but a career high. Jimmy Butler is just that dog in the fight that you need, and on the Trey Young side, I think that the shot that forced a game six is the shot that keeps him in Atlanta next year. It'll keep him in Atlanta, fact. Trey Young's one of the best guards in the league, fact. And to me, I think a lot of people, listen, when the trade went down for Doncic for, for Trey Young, people were like, what's going on here, right? They're both phenomenal. They're both phenomenal players. I've seen Trey Young live. I mean, the kid reminds me so much of Steph. Is he Steph today? No. Does he have the potential to be Steph? Yes. But he's, they're going to have to put just one or two more pieces around him, Micah, in Atlanta. If there was a sweep, I think Trey Young's probably on the trading block this summer. He has saved himself in Atlanta with these two wins. Even if they just lose game six, he has done enough to hoist the team on his shoulders once again for everybody to forget that he's already gotten two coaches fired without getting further in the playoffs. You have to also look at... Devin Booker. I know you're a huge fan of him. He has turned up that heat. It's almost like playing next to KD has forced him to evolve even more. Well, not just that, Micah, but it opens a floor for him, right? It makes him go one-on-one a lot more. It makes his jumper a lot more wide open when you have a guy like Kevin Durant. So this Suns team is scary. They are scary. They're playing on all cylinders. If you can just get a little, a little something from that bench, if they can get a couple active minutes, they may have enough to push this because KD Booker with Aiton still having some fire left in him, the last gas of Chris Paul, we're cheering for the Suns to see that culmination of the career for CP3. Looking at another point guard, though, across the league, Jalen Brunson needs to be recognized as a star caliber player. It's two postseasons in a row now that we're out watching him outduel Spider Mitchell. Yeah, that's a fact. And not just that, but he's but New York on his back. It feels like New York and the Knicks have come back to life, Micah. You're talking about one of the most storied programs who are never in the finals since Pat Riley's left. They hadn't seen the playoffs in how many years, and now all of a sudden New York's the talk of the town. And the coach, Tom Thibodeau, has them playing that 1990s-style locking down, gritty defense. R.J. Barrett playing better than I think any of us thought he could as a pro. Something special there for the first time in a while with the New York Knicks. But it's also special to see just the ridiculous decade that Las Vegas has had overall. Think about it. It now looks like on top of the F1, we do have the A's in route baseball. Major League Baseball in Vegas, WNBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NHL. Micah, this is incredible. Now, 
How do you get a season ticket? You got to depend on the tourists to go to a lot of those games because how can you afford? Could you imagine in Albuquerque? Population of Las Vegas a little more than Albuquerque, but not by much. But how can you afford a ticket to the Raiders, the Golden Knights, the A's, and the Aces? It's a draw. It makes the city an attraction, an even bigger destination than adult Disneyland already was. Because I can tell you, when I'm there for the fights, you see so many of the visiting jerseys there. It is such a great hotspot to come see and cheer against the Golden Knights. It's great to come see your team, and it's a great weekend to go and cheer against the Raiders. You're going to end up with that same atmosphere now all week long with the A's being there. You said it, the WNBA has done great at Team Mobile Arena. It is just insane to see from almost alienated from the sports landscape in one aspect to this mecca of all entertainment that Las Vegas has become. Yeah, and that's what it, I'll tell you what, Mike, I'm a Raiders fan. You already know that. And if the Dodgers moved to Las Vegas, which would never happen, then could you imagine? But I'm excited what NBA franchise goes to Las Vegas because it's bound to happen. Maybe one day the, the Clippers get sold to LeBron James and he moves them out of L.A. I don't know if we really need two teams in L.A. The, the Lakers obviously own the city and kind of feeling that way because Seattle probably deserves an expansion team one day again, too. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens, Mike. A great factor fiction. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0 ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. Guest list keeps getting bigger and bigger. I want to thank Shariah Maru for being with us today. And now in this segment, I want to bring in her little brother. Um, but to everybody else, he's nobody's little brother. I mean, 138 amateur fights. 138 amateur fights with over hundreds of wins. Uriah Maru Jr., welcome to the show, Easy Money. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Glad to be here, got to talk, you know, express how I'm feeling, do what I gotta do, and show up, yeah. Easy Money is what they call you, and it's not just easy money like you say easy money. No, it's easy dollar sign. He makes it real easy. <laughs> How'd you come up with easy money? Man, so people, they be seeing me in the ring, and then I, I be boxing these kids off, and they be like, man, you making that look so easy. Then at the end of the day, we in boxing, we trying to get that money. <laughs> That's the answer for easy money. I, I know somebody, they, his, well, this particular person's nickname's Audi 5000, but we ain't bringing that up right now. So everybody's wondering when you're going to go pro. And you've sparred with the best of the best. When, you, when, when I think about... Junior, right? Mm -hmm. I think about you sparring with Diamond Boy, you sparring with Abraham, you sparring with the best of the best. And everybody says he's ready right now to turn pro. What's the plan? Uh, and the plan right now is to wait. Um, right now I'm in youth, but I'm about to turn elite. So I want to get the, as much as elite experience I can get. So test, test how it's going to be, being there with those grown-up people. I already spar grown people, but it's going to be different when I fight them. So right now I'm just going to try to get as much as elite experience I can get. Then when I'm good where I'm at, then I'm going to see where I'm going. Here's the thing. I've been seeing your dad for the past 15, 16, 17 years. Knew him in high school, went to West Mesa. See, I don't forget, right? This guy was a hip-hop head. <laughs> at the end of the day, though, we've been seeing you. How old was he? Eight when you were showing me tape? Yeah, yeah. 
eight years old, and now you're 18. And congratulations on graduating from Technology Leadership High School in May. That's exciting for you. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to get that over with, man, because I'm going to have so much time on my hands. I can go to some of these boxing camps and learn so much more experience, get all that good work in so I can um, see how I'm going to do in the future now. Eight years old. Your sister is already boxing. Your dad, huge into boxing. What leads you to follow down this path? When were you thinking about you want to get in there? Because I'm almost betting it was probably before your dad let you. Man, I was just a little kid in the gym because my pops, he was in the gym at um, San Jose. And just being around there, seeing Hollywood, how he was, man, he was so electric in that ring. He was so fun to watch. Just seeing him, how he was, he was a character. So, like, seeing that, how he was, that was like, damn, I want to be like that. Seeing Jordan, man, seeing how slick he was, seeing my dad be in the ring with those people. Then my sister going to be in a um, boxy, knocking out females. I'm like, damn, is she really doing that? Man, why can't I do that? So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get in the ring and I'm going to shine. Yoruba Maru Jr., better known as Easy Money, our guest, Mike Adams, 2.0 ESPN Radio, 101.7, the team. Now, you bring up Hollywood. Shout out Hollywood if you're listening. That's my guy. Hollywood! I'll tell you, um, and you bring up Jordan. You bring up a lot of guys, man. You were just a kid. Oh, yeah. Right? So when did the fire start? Because you see them, you see these characters, but then when does the flip switch for you that it's boxing 24-7 now? Oh, so, like, when I first fought... Man, I ain't gonna lie. I wasn't good in my first five, first five fights. I lost. But something just clicked. I was like, oh, nah, I ain't gonna lose no more. Then I just went on a crazy winning streak. Man, I just started winning. I started going to these tournaments. And I seen, started seeing how these kids started fighting out of state. I'm like, if they can do it and I'm, they're fighting like that, man, I could be better than them. So I, that's when I started turning up, you know? Well, here's my question. A lot of people lose their first five fights. They're never putting on gloves again. Right. I, I remember getting, I, I was eight got punched in the nose twice by the same guy. Mm -hmm. And I said, do I really want to get in this mix? I never boxed, right? right? But got hit in the nose twice at eight years old, and I'm like, wait a minute. Then we went back in, he hit me in the nose twice more. I was 0-2, Micah, they didn't keep score back then, never boxed, (laughs) right? But for whatever reason, you came back. Oh yeah, that was inspiration, man. I was like, nah, I ain't trying to be like that losing. You crack me on the nose, I'm gonna break your face, you know? Like, <laughs> come on, we gonna, it's war. You, you, you trying to hurt me in that ring, I'm gonna hurt you even more. But yeah, man, losing those five fights are like, honestly kind of a blessing, because that just was just more inspiration, train harder, work harder, man. Now I'm doing good right now. Those first five fights, they inspire you to start going down this road. And as you're starting to go, when do you start assembling this list of goals? Because we know that you have them. So when do you start thinking about these bigger pictures, the Golden Gloves, the national titles, all these different objectives that you have on your plate? When do those thoughts start coming in? And they're going to start coming in soon because, look, they mess up for not letting me go on the Golden Gloves. Man, I, I didn't turn 18 in a couple of weeks. They should just let it slide because I can handle my own in that ring. You put me in there with the girl, man, I'm going to do my business, you know. But, man, everything is going to start coming to play soon. I can't wait to go pro. Y'all going to see me shining. Y'all going to see my sister shining. Man, I just can't wait for y'all to see me. So, Yoruba Maru Jr. is our guest. We just had Shariah on, right? Ten national worlds. I, I mean, you, you see the trophies, right? Oh, yeah. And... I mean, the world, 10-time worlds. That's a, that's, that has to be inspiration. 
oh man see my sister when she went to india to all these places traveling to us team man just seeing that man that was crazy like one of my family members out here doing that i was like if she could do that then i could do that so you know like man she's a big inspiration she be like, she plays a big part of my life so like when she, when i see her working harder than gym that's me that's my son to work even more harder so yeah that's that's love right there my sister your sister's a big inspiration. And I know you guys train side by side, run side by side, always there with each other. But it's impressive to me, you're totally different individuals with your own styles in the ring. How did you develop your own style? Man, I just started, like Hollywood, you know how he's all like loose and like having fun? In the ring while I'm in there, I just have fun. And I notice when I have fun, people can't mess with me. So when I start doing what I gotta do, they ain't messing with me, but mostly I just watch a lot of film about boxers, like, because I'm a softball. I like watching people who are softball, like Shakur, um, just, like, mix it up. But Shakur, I ain't gonna lie, he a big, I'm a big fan of him, so I like watching how he uses that jam and sticks it straight to his stomach. But, yeah, I mix it up. Or, like, you know, Andy Cruz, the amateur from Cuba. I love how he just, like, so loose in the ring, so I like to watch him. But, yeah, I like to watch everyone. I mix it up, even the old heads, <laughs> like Tito Trinidad. But, yeah, I like to mix it up. <laughs> Yoruba Maru Jr. is our guest. Easy Bunny is what they call him. Now, I asked your sister this question. I ask you this. You know I'm a huge fan of music. Mm -hmm. My guy did the top 100. I had to get five to one quickly. No one has it. But, but Shariah didn't put any. My five to one, Shariah didn't mention. Right? A little bit different Zandra yeah. uh, of like but, there. But, but I have to ask you, when you're running, when you're getting ready, is it different when you go to a fight? Is the music change when you're going to walk in the ring? Rather than when you're running or sparring, what are you listening to? Oh, the music's always different. So when I'm going for a run, I go for some mellow. Or like, I like when I'm running, I like to listen to Tyler, the Creator. You know, I like mixing up. Um, I like to listen to R&B when I'm running. But when I'm about to go to go spar or something, I like to listen to my hip hop. I like to listen to like Wu Tang. But I'm big because I'm a big fan of um, ODB. Man, that man is so funny. Um, Cypress Hills, oh, I like them. Yeah. A Tribe Called Quest. Oh, uh, let's see. If I'm warming up, man, I like to listen to Cool in the Gang, like, but oh, when fight time, man, I got that one from Say, Hollywood. Hey, hey, hey! But yeah, but like, if it's fight time, I'm probably gonna listen to some reggaeton. If not, I'm gonna switch it up to some. I'm gonna go like Batman stuff. I don't know, like criminal this. I'm gonna go with Frank Sinatra. You know, I'm going, I'm going old, man. I'm going to that mindset, like old. Hold it's on, showtime. Micah. Hold on, Micah. He said it. He said it. Wait, everybody. He, he said it. You heard he number one. Frank you heard Sinatra, number one. Who's my number one all-time artist of all time. <laughs> yeah, this, okay. He's destined, Micah. He's destined to be the world champion. Yeah. Y'all ain't seen my playlist yet. I got, I got everything. I got the classics. I got my 80s. I got my R&B. I, I got even my um, Nirvana. I got my, all my playlists, you know. I got put on by my pops and my sister, so, you know, that's how I'm rocking. You know, it feels like I'm talking to your dad right now <laughs> for, for a split second because that's what your dad tells. Your dad will take me through all this music, and in it for a moment, Micah, thought I was talking to his pops. Chip <laughs> right? off the old block. You're junior. Like, have you embraced that? You kind of, everybody in this boxing community, we kind of know you like that. Have you embraced that you're junior? Oh, yeah. Everyone would be like, Man, I know your father, now I know you. Now you're turning into Big Group. Like, oh, that's what's up. But now, 
Everyone knows me and my sister as a dynamic duo. I'm gonna tell you something funny real quick. Every time they be looking at my sister, they be like, yo, you look like your brother. Like, bro, we just look alike. So like, I don't know, it's just so funny. <laughs> twins, twins. Yeah, Michael, you twins. know, with 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 Yoruba Maru Jr., you're getting this feeling of confidence, but you're also getting this feeling of, I'm ready, like, I, I'm almost there. I'm almost there uh, with a lot to prove. And I think in talking to the Maru's today, there's a lot to prove, and they put in the work. They're putting in the work. You're hearing the confidence. And if you go see them in sparring, I'm not saying Shakur Stevenson, but you can see the influences when you're watching this young man work, when you're seeing the inspirations, where we're seeing where these years, a decade of grinding away at the sport has led both of them. And, and I, and I want to ask you this. Your dad, you know, he's taking you to all these tournaments. Every time I see him, the first words out of his mouth are his kids. Um, and I admire that. I admire that. I'm a father, right? First words out of my mouth are always about my kids. And I think if we reflect for a moment uh, what your pops has done, not just for you guys, right, but for the boxing community, because he's always there for somebody. Mm-hmm. You agree on that? Oh, yeah, I do. We got to give your pops a shout-out, man. Shout-out, Yoruba Maru, even though you're sitting right next to me. <laughs> Doesn't it make you feel good? Oh, yeah, man. I love my pops. Man, he's so dedicated to us. Man, it's a blessing because... Many people don't have their um, father in their life. Like, cause I don't have my mother in my life, so I gotta be thankful I have my father. He's always pushing us to be the best. He's always there by herself, ourselves. And man, he's just the best we can ha- um, have for us. So I'm just thankful for him. Let me say I'm excited. Thank you for being live. Well, we're in studio, Micah. We're in a studio. We're in studio. Yeah, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. I wish you continued success. Thank you. Like, I'm excited because I've seen your journey. Um, I mean, this is one we can say we've seen since he was little, little. And, and, you know, I've been fortunate, Micah. I've been fortunate, right? I was around Johnny. I was around Danny. Saw Holly. Saw Austin. Around Austin a lot. Uh, Angelo Leo. Now Mendoza. Think about that. That's every champ but Foster, right? Those are the seven champs. Think about that. Like New Mexico history and folklore. Seven world champions. There's been a lot of world champions produced. We're hoping to see some more. And before we get away from this conversation, there's one more person I wanted to bring up that's been influential with Little Rue. Uh, what is Josh Pitbull Torres, his addition, and him pushing you meant? Oh, that man's like an uncle, man. He close, man. Actually, he's like a brother. Because every time we with him, he's always pushing me. Then, um, out, even outside of boxing, it ain't got to be boxing. We just talk about everything, just like how we doing. Because I'm trying to be a barber um, suit, um, too. So he texts me um, the ins and out of cutting. Man, we just have like a close connection inside the ring and outside the ring. So that's why I like him in my corner, too, because he's just like another, another brother, another person right by me. Excellent interview today, Micah. Great job. Uh, the Fighting Maroos were in studio. Can't thank you enough. Continued success on your journey. Um, and I'm sure you'll be back in studio soon. Mm-hmm. Micah, great job on that. This is Mike Adams 2.0. I want to thank Sal behind the glass. I want to thank Joe O'Neill, the president. I want to thank Alyssa Ryan and Preston John Michael. Spotify podcast, Apple podcast. Go to the Instagram at Mike Adams 2.0. Micah, tell everybody where they can find you. Cageminds.com is my website. 
Cage Minds MMA Show is my YouTube. I've got a couple other podcasts going around, MMA After Hours and Pro Wrestling After Hours. Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team.